Welcome to Daring 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 2, a podcast that finds out how CEOs and entrepreneurs navigate today's business world. The conventions they're breaking, the challenges they've faced, and the decisions that they've made. And lastly, just what makes them different. Well, welcome. And today, on today's podcast, starting back, what better way to start back my podcast than to have two unconventional, breaking boundaries, really showing what Daring 2 is all about. I have with me Zach Miller-Franklin, who is the founder and co-founder and CEO of of Anderson, and Neil Dunn, who's the co-founder and COO of this. Now, guys, I have to say, I'm a lover of music. I'm a bit older than the two of you, right? You two are like youngsters that are doing some amazing things around music. And interestingly, um, it started because you both had an interest in music, although you had kind of different upbringings. Now, Zach, I understand that you're in New York, like from the States maybe, and are living in Dublin. Is that right? I am, yeah. I am uh, a statesman who, uh, don't worry, was brought up on music far older than I. So uh, I was brought up on uh, opera and doo-wop and Woodstock soundtrack and all that. Um, And made the hop across the pond uh, four years ago to expand my management company, uh, which is where I met Neil, uh, and we decided to go into business together. Well, and, you know, that's great. Number one, it's great to see, like, talent come across the pond, if you like, and, and sort of show how collaboration can happen when you bring talent together. But most importantly, I think, is what you're actually doing in the music industry. And I don't know, you could not have found, like, a better sort of example of how through the crisis that we've experienced, the pandemic, about how good things can come from that. Although your 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 business actually didn't start on the basis of COVID, it was really founded on the basis of discovery. Um, and if I think about that concept of discovery and how it's played out with, with what you're actually doing with music, um, mm-hmm. it kind of says it all, really. It's discovery, right? Because... Yeah. You know, you're about trying to link really talented musicians with people that are responsible for the music industry and bringing that talent together. And we, you know, it's been talked about for decades, right? Artists having like struggles with with music companies and who owns rights and who owns doesn't. And like every wannabe singer, we've seen them all on the reality TV shows. Like, you know, I sing in the shower, thinking maybe one day I'll be a star. No, I'm never going to be that. But but tell me a little bit about that passion, this idea of, like, how can you, and you describe it, you say, you know, that you are about the discovery of talent, that you have a passion for music and music discovery. What does that mean, guys? A passion for music and music discovery, and that your role is to serve artists and the music industry. Wow. Thanks. Uh, that's a, that's a, a big, big introduction for us to try and live up to. Um, but I think you hit the nail on the head. Look, we um, we came across Anderson and the technology we've built from our own pain point. As Zach said, we're managers and we were sitting in front of our laptops day in, day out years ago and going to gigs and reading blogs and relying on word of mouth to try and discover artists to manage and to work with. And it was like 2 a.m. in the morning one day, back in the day when we could be sitting in a library together working. 
And Zach turned, he's like, why can't we automate this? And why can't we bring it back to what matters most, which is the music? Um, and I think that's where the passion sort of comes into play because myself and Zach wake up every morning. The first thing we think about is music. We go to bed. The reason we can't sleep is because of music. And it, it's it's that passion of, one, musicians are ha, have the odds stacked up against them, uh, which is why we work in management to try and assist them. And technology, for better or for worse, can be an aid or a hindrance. And we wanted to build something that aided both musicians and industry folks. Um, and again, uh, we have this saying that we just beat on all the whole time. And it's the most powerful tool in the music industry is the human ear. And sure, technology can aid people, but ultimately it should just be aiding people to listen and make the right decisions. Right. I, I think the... Sorry, Zach. No, sorry. Just to add a little bit onto that, because you mentioned it as well, that um, it's been happening for decades. I think it's pretty safe to say, um, and I don't think it's pessimistic to say, that this idea of democratizing the music industry is a very lofty goal. I think musicians will always have the odds stacked against them, but it's our passion, our job, our, um, not to almost an obligation to help them along with that. And the tools that the industry is currently using, uh, as Neil was saying, don't focus on the music. They focus on aspects of the artist. So velocity metrics, uh, streaming numbers, um, things like that. And they don't necessarily speak to the quality of the act or the um, potential tenure or longevity of it either. I mean, it's fascinating to think of using, you know, AI. We see a lot of technology being used everywhere. But it's the first time that I've ever heard of it being used in a very different way to help people discover artists by sound, right? And you think about, like, you know, and particularly in this kind of, covid restricted world i mean you're making it digital people would go and listen to a live concert go and sit in a pub listen to somebody you know playing the guitar or you know having music got discovered some of the best musicians have been discovered playing in their local you know pubs clubs whatever um but but you often find if you say they're listening to a certain they're not necessarily listening to the sound of the music. They're watching the audience around them and seeing how they react to it, but not necessarily taking into account, like, what is it about that sound, that that uniqueness that that mm. artist has? Now, you've kind of made that possible because in the in COVID, nobody can go see anything, right? You can't yeah. see anything. Don't worry about hearing things. So, like, tell me a little bit about this concept of sound, right? Because, you know, Everyone thinks they've got to have like a persona or a brand, but actually you're trying to strip away from that. You're actually getting to the core of like what's really good music and how can you help the music industry focus on that in a way that narrows that focus down so that they can actually spend their time doing what the music industry should be, which is like making that music and talent available. Exactly. exactly. They are part and parcel, I will say. So I think in order to truly succeed in the industry, artists do have to have that brand, have that point of view, um, 
you know, sort of um, have a purpose that drives them. But we're also all about prioritizing the right data at the right time. And for a fledgling artist who mightn't have the image already, but definitely has the sound, um, it's more important that they have that first, right? Because then anybody can help them craft a persona, can help them craft that image. And in fact, by getting uh, getting involved with artists sooner, not only do you do things like drive down uh, hiring or uh, contract prices and things like that, deal, deal prices, um, but you're able to aid in that sort of construction and ensure that they're reaching the demographic that they want to be and that, that you want them to be as well. Yeah. Now you guys, you guys, um, you know, managed to ramp this business up very quickly, right? You started it, what, less than two years ago, I think, about that. Yeah. And I've um, raised, you know, have got to raise lots of money for it, which means that people kind of see this as a really good business idea. How did you manage to get like over 8,000 like artists to come on board and go like, yeah, we like this idea. Like this is different. You know, why you? Like, what was it? What was your value proposition that you were going to them to help them go like, hey, we want to change how you can make yourself come alive, how you get discovered? How did you kind of take that idea forward? Lots of people, entrepreneurs would love to know that. Yeah, I think uh, you've sort of touched on it a few times and it's it's, it's tough using positive language around a global pandemic. Um but we've been incredibly fortunate that people are now focusing on digital discovery. So you're right. We've been, we've been working on this for a long time because the technology itself is state of the art and it's brand new and it's never been done before. Um, but when we launched initially, we did it as a beta launch back in 2019 at the end of the year. And we wanted to make some changes before we went to market. And I'm so glad we did make those changes. I think, uh, one of the fear factors and best pieces of advice combined uh, from other CEOs and other uh, tech founders is don't be afraid of releasing your product. Get it out there as soon as possible and start getting feedback. Because based off that, we had a product that could succeed and could withstand uh, initial scrutiny. It's not perfect. We're constantly adapting and building it. But um, I think that combined with the fact that opportunities have been decimated in the live industry uh, for both discovery and for artists um, and com- combining that with the opportunity of our platform, like we've had uh, almost a hundred artists connect and start collaborating with each other online. Thanks to Anderson, which is just like, We've built it for discovery, but to see that we're also fostering this community of new music and like one of our artists uh, uh, on the platform, one half is based in Denmark, the other half is in Chicago and another, we've got a a few collaborations happening and we're going to have our first few releases. So I think the fact that we're all locked up, the fact that we have to focus on screens all the time allows people to look for better forms of technology and better forms of discovery. I think like, you know, I mean, you, you can hear it in your voice as you talk about it, the passion that clearly um, comes from like what you have brought to market, which is, which is much more than a product, right? It, it, it is, you know, it's a, it's a special kind of 
collaboration. It's a kind of way of bringing not just music together, but people together. I, I kind of sense from this. Like, I mean, it really is um, doing that. What I found really interesting, which I think, you know, if, if listeners go back, I'd say go back and rewind just the bit that you said about, hey, the advice that you got was like launch it even if it's not perfect because you'll get feedback. Because so often we're finding that, and as a true nugget of like really valuable leadership learning that you've given, because a lot of companies and a lot of organizations where they're struggling is that they're producing products that nobody wants. Yeah. Right. They're not actually asking, does this work for you? But what you guys, it seems, have done is is actually go and ask. Is that right? Am I... Exactly. And I think the other, the other, the other element of it is that you can have an idea. Anyone can have an idea. What makes you an entrepreneur, what makes you a founder, what makes you successful is making that idea a reality. And that is scary. I think I was, I was talking to some young founders recently and they were saying they've got their idea, but they're not ready to share it yet. I'm like, start sharing it. We are all so busy doing our own thing. Like, Rita, if I told you our next project, you're not going to go off and do it. You're too busy running the most amazing podcast out there. Well, thank you very much. Like, I don't know who it is, but thank you anyway. <laughs> but you know what I mean? We're all busy running our own careers, pursuing our own goals. If you give someone else, if you allow someone else to hear your idea and, and what you're going to work on, realistically they're just going to try and give you advice and and give you some feedback rather than why steal. do you think people are frightened of that like what what is it that stops people from doing I, that i think there's um a lot that goes into it i think we're still not quite out of the echo of of business leaders or mentors or parents or whoever saying you know don't share your idea someone's going to come and steal it or you better patent that before you do it or something like that. And I think there's this sort of like, it's not even really old school business mentality. It's just this older. It's old school mentality. But, but it, I think it still lingers a little bit. I think also on a personal level um, for me anyway, I know I had to work really, really hard at separating the, personal aspect of the business from the actual business and removing myself and knowing that, um, a misstep or, uh, a wrong feature or something wasn't a slight on my idea or on me. It was just a piece of feedback that I needed to adapt to make my product better or our product better. Um, and I think a lot of people are, afraid of hearing that because you're so fueled by this passion that it's a part of you. Yeah, it is. The the other, the other element is the fact that the social network was one of the the most successful movies of its, of its time and centers around people feeling like their idea was stolen. (laughs) I think that's got to, got to come. That's an interesting insight. Do you think, and, 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 you know, again, I think it's a really important nugget of leadership advice that the world today isn't about trying to beat competition or to hold on to an idea. It's about, I'll keep using the word discovery because I think it's a very powerful word. It's about discovery to share, to learn, to to engage, to collaborate. And you, you seem to have, you know, they say music is a way of like bringing people together, ideas together. I mean, what a, 
what better platform to do it than what you're doing? And, and by using technology, I mean, that just like brings, I mean, like you put the cherry on the cake, right? Like the icing was already there. You put like the, like, you know, the final decadent piece to make this come together. I mean, it it's Thank exciting. You. So where do you where do you see it going, guys? You know, how well, do you how do you fuel well, this passion so that it takes it to another level? I do think it's important to say, uh, though I we both really appreciate it, and uh, no Sunday is complete without a, a cherry on top. Uh, I think our our competitors, some of our competitors and some of our forebearers might <laughs> might think that they were the cherry, um, but certainly um, I think it's not about beating the competition, but it is about the differentiation. And I do think that the way we differentiate is why we might be the cherry at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also important uh, if you're asking like where we see this going, we're trying to redefine music discovery. It's currently operating on, on some really great systems of user behavior. So if you like Rihanna and you also like Julia, there you go. Um, But what we're trying to do is trying to, broaden that scope so that you can discover musicians that nobody's ever heard of they haven't they haven't been signed yet you as a as a as a fan you've the opportunity to be a first fan you've mm-hmm. the opportunity to recommend it to a friend when they're only playing 100 cap venues rather than only really getting to engage with an artist when they're already supported by major labels which we all know is is a is a real sort of diamond in the rough opportunity um so we are, we're trying to, uh, I think as, a, as an end goal, it's being synonymous with music discovery and people understanding the power of audio driven and sound driven search. And you've also, I guess, like, let's talk about it. Like, you know, you've done a great job of bringing kind of artists to, to, the, to the forefront to say, like, let's help you be discovered. But the music industry must be clamoring over you guys, surely. It's like you have like, you know, the, the, the guys that are watching the, the figures must be going, this is great because they're spending less money um, because they're being much more targeted and focused in looking at some of the artists. But also, like, you're bringing a new inventive way, which means that they can actually discover more, right? They can actually gain more and bring more to the world in terms of music. So the music industry must be, like, must be excited by what you're doing. Are they? Or are they threatened by it? I definitely don't think they're threatened. Uh Certainly, certainly so far, the response has been overwhelming. Um, again, it's like, I think in a pre-COVID world, it would have made myself and Zach's job a lot tougher, uh, having, to, having to fly over to London rather than being able to hop on a Zoom call, um, being able to get someone's 15 minutes time and show them something rather than having to go over and schmooze them uh, for a couple of hours and a couple of meetings. It has made things quicker and it has made opening doors a lot simpler. And um, I think it's also though worthwhile knowing is like, again, when you've built something new, it takes, it takes a long time for it to be adopted. So I think we've had a really good six months uh, from June to Christmas, establishing ourselves, establishing a new user base. And now this year is really about us scaling our company and, uh, leveraging the partnerships we already have and growing upon that to try and get real enterprise-wide solutions on board uh, and integrating with other larger platforms, uh, which we're 
beginning conversations at the moment. Um, but I think they'll be, that'll be the, the, the real icing on the cake this year, slash cherry on top. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit about that, about like how you're kind of like, you know, that aspiration that you have um, and some of the work that you've just launched. Um, but I want to let's get personal for a minute. That's all right. You know, you two you kind of just meet um, and just like going into business together. So what's it been like? You know, let's talk about like, how do you CEO, COO, two different personalities, two very different, uh, you know, a very common passion that brings you together different backgrounds you know voted um you're going to be two um i assume like not wanting to be like coming across as overconfident but you know neil you get voted as you know named in the under 30 under 30 list of, of entrepreneurs zach you know you bought multi-million dollar contracts help like musicians and industries really come together i mean you two bring like a package together but like don't the egos clash yes never never <laughs> there's their personality type showing um yeah no 100 percent. i think one of our strengths is the fact that uh we definitely have that sort of yin yang uh leadership style we tick each other's boxes when we can't tick them ourselves um, we both have very different skill sets. I think that's sometimes one of the hardest things when, like, again, I'm, I'm real young, still learning on the job. You'll always learn on the job. And as soon as you stop learning on the job, you need to change jobs. Um, but uh, I think, yeah, that's one of the biggest learnings is understanding that you can't do everything yourself, um, but also learning how to work very closely with someone. Um, and that balance can be can be really challenging, especially when you're under pressure. Um, and I think when you're a founder and you're running a company, it's it really highlights your weaknesses and and uh, being able to own up to them and uh, not take things personally, own up to your mistakes, try and fix them, ask for help, move on. That's how you grow as a person. Um, and I think that's also really important in partnerships um, because you are relying on, on more than just yourself. Yeah. And so yeah, have you been absolutely. good at giving each other feedback? What's that? Have you been good at giving each other feedback? Too good, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not quite daily, uh, but... Um, we we do check in. I mean, we were on the phone to each other pretty much all day, every day, uh, in constant contact, especially now. And there is always this aspect of, um, as Neil said, yin and yang, sort of the give and take, the um, picking up where where we might have a blind spot or where we need a pinch hitter or something like that. Um, and then it always inevitably comes back to, you know, sort of the end of the day uh, debrief conversation where uh, you might say, please don't ever make me do that ever again. <laughs> or um, thanks for taking that, but please don't ever do that ever again because you really mucked it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a very healthy 
way of, of, of like being able to be authentic with each other and sort of share and recognize that they're and being honest right you said yeah of course there's clashes which I think is helpful for people that are thinking of working together or working together to know that that's kind of natural but it will happen but it's how you that's kind of deal with it let's talk a little bit about your mentors have you had like like any great mentors in this business because like it's a it's a you know an industry that will have loads of advice people wanting to give you advice on what to do um have you how did you decide whether to have a mentors the mentors that you chose they sort, of, a bit about they, that. they sort of pick themselves and um, certainly i found that anyway like you you're 100 percent right we've had hundreds of people give us advice um but uh, the ones that are really valuable pick themselves because their advice shines through um, and it's the one that resonates best with us or it's the one that they're willing to be so blunt and open and honest rather than just compliment. They're not there to compliment. They're there to advise us strategically. Um, they're your tough love mentors, I call them your tough love mentors. Right? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. So it's like yeah. a combination. Um we do, I, I don't know, Zach, if you want to talk about some of them specifically, but like, yeah, Meagle has been like, uh, who's a very successful CEO in Ireland, has been uh, an amazing advisor to us almost since the very beginning um, and has been constantly able to, to give us feedback from small things like new pitches, deck feedback, um, but everything to all the way to like, strategic conversations around new clients uh, and then I guess the growing pains that every startup goes through as well um, but yeah I think you've also hit a nail on the head like everyone offers advice and it's about understanding what advice is valuable mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely absolutely and I think it's it's nice that we sort of straddle the two industries because um you have the opportunity to learn then from both sides of the coin. So um, Colin absolutely has been an incredible mentor to us. Um, He's also uh, a musician in his own right. Um, I don't know that he'll willingly uh, tell people this right off the bat, but he was in a band at one point. Um, We'll have to look uh, that up. Listeners, we'll have to look that up and check it out. Um. But on on the industry side, I think it's really important to have, or on the music industry side, I think it's really important that we have mentors there because we're not techies coming to the industry with what we believe is a solution, which is so often the case with music technology. We come at it having grown up with great mentors in the music industry that have made the venture into technology possible because we understand the landscape so well. And mm-hmm. I think that's a huge asset. It, it plays to, there are, I, I think your like purpose or your values, whatever you wish to call them, um, are pretty unique, right? We've talked about a couple of them, but this, there's one that, well, two that, the last two that we haven't talked about, which I'm really intrigued by as well. A commitment to accuracy. Rarely do I see people talk about the commitment to accuracy. And I go, hmm, that's like intriguing. That's interesting. Like, where does that come from? 
And then I think back to what you're trying to do. So share a little bit about that, because that's that's a unique viewpoint to have and why you chose that for its importance. I think it comes down to um, time, right? Um, I hate this phrase so much, but it is true. Time is money. Um, Accuracy cuts down on wasted time, right? Uh, So for music discovery, basically was what that means is more relevant results faster. And I think that was really key to us because as Neil was saying, um, in those 2 a.m. library sessions, the databases we were using were completely inaccurate because they relied on uh, user tagging and things like that. So for instance, um, when I moved to Ireland, I thought, oh, sure, I'll just find the next hosier and we'll be happy out. Um, And what we were finding was that girl groups were tagging themselves like hosier because it's hosier and they were... (laughs) expecting people to search for him. Um, But that doesn't do anybody any good, right? It wastes my time. It puts sort of a a bit of a negative image in my head about that band. And, you know, I I might really, really like them in the end, but I'm not looking for them and I've just wasted my time. So for us, it was all about the accuracy that music analysis can bring um, rather than the analog ways of user feedback or uh, sort of the ancillary statistics that current systems sort of rely on. So it's getting to the heart of what's really important, I guess, is what you're trying to say. It's like that it's really trying to get to like what's important. I, I like the term, by the way, I like the, the term time poor, right? I like You're that. time poor because you don't have all yeah. the time that you would like. So the time that you have, you've got to use it to the best advantage that that you can. Um, There is another piece. So that commitment to accuracy, I think it is so applicable, like beyond the music industry. So what you actually are posing and have done is is so applicable across so many different industries um, and, and different ways in which that could be used, that kind of thought process of, Mm. of how do you kind of connect what's important to a passion and to bring real insights into whether it's running a business, bringing music um, to listeners, to solving more problems, right? I mean, I mean, really, the it's the intricate thought process that you guys have used to put that together that, that seems to hold true. And and of course, you don't just stop at that, do you? You say like, you know, one of the last thing that you talk about has been really important to you is around this constant strive for intelligent and relevant technology, but continuously learning. So this whole, this whole concept of continuously learning, and I'm like, oh, yeah, everybody says that. Like, you know, I've said that. I wonder if it's true or not. But then I go and read a couple of your blogs, and I go, yep, crap, it is true. Like, And I'm sitting there, and I'm writing notes of the things that I'm going to do, the habits that I need to do every day to kind of think about. And I'm taking away learnings from that and going like, wow, I've learned something new today that I need to focus on. Um, Mm. And just recently this year, you know, you kind of gave this fresh inspirational insight about 2021 and how to look at that. So for you guys, that this learning actually goes beyond the business itself. It seems like you are committed to to sort of sharing um, both personal knowledge, experience and helping 
your musicians um, grow as individuals. Is that a fair comment? Yeah. Is that intentional? I think we've both been really lucky in the community that we've like not grown up in, but like grown up, up in uh, as entrepreneurs. And again, it's sort of like that coming back to the, the fear factor, but most people are very willing to help. Um, and I think when you're on the receiving end of that, it's also a duty of yours to try and further and further share that knowledge that you've learned and normalize some of the stresses and anxieties that come with setting up a business because uh, and I, I, business is, is smoke and mirrors uh, far too often than it needs to be. And I think one of the great things from COVID has been like we've been on Zoom calls and it gets interrupted by a screaming baby or a cat. And it's like, it's making people realize what matters most and why we're all here and why we're doing what we're doing. Um, and I think if we can shed a small bit of light on our experiences, if we can offer up advice to musicians and industry folk and new entrepreneurs, then why not? And in terms of how we're learning, we're, we're constantly like, again, like we've got a platform out there. It's really cool. It's doing a lot of great stuff, but we now have an obligation. It's not even a, 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 a well, it is a want, but it's, it's an obligation. We've got, 8,000 musicians on our platform. We're obliged to make our platform better for them. Um, so it, it's, I think, uh, yeah, it, it, it turns into an obligation once you, um, once you start really sort of gaining some traction. They say leadership is a choice that you make. And it's an obligation once you make it. So it sounds like go. that's exactly what you guys <laughs> um, are doing. Now, let's talk about something exciting because you've also just launched something new, right? or about to launch something new. Um, and yeah, you last week. Like, so let's talk a little bit about that because I can't wait to hear a bit about that. Rewrapped. Yeah, Rewrapped uh, was basically, so we have our platform which allows industry, music, industry musicians connect and then we have our engine underneath it that runs all of our audio analysis. Um, and the great thing about our engine is it can plug into any machine that other industry professionals use. And we want to demonstrate that because again, we're in a world right now that it's easy to connect, but we want to make people understand how our technology works. So we decided to run a public test of it where you log in with your Spotify and we analyze your top songs that you listen to. And then we generate a playlist of new music that you've never heard. Um, because I think a lot of people sometimes get a little bit bored of some suggestions they get given on music platforms and we wanted to shake things up. Um, so we did uh, and we launched it last week and yeah, the response was amazing. We had like, we've had thousands of playlists created um, from people all over the world. Um, and yeah, it's just been, it's been really, really rewarding to see people interact with our technology in that way. And so anybody can go do that. They can, can log on to it and just like check it out and try it and get a whole list of new artists to go listen to. Exactly, yeah. And it's, my husband's going to be so happy that I do that. He's going to be so excited. Amazing. Yeah, so it's at rewrapped.anderson.com. Um, it's currently only using artists in the Anderson database. So a lot of them are unsigned. But I think what we really want to highlight is the potential there. Because if we plug that, again, if we plug that engine into another system, 
be that a streaming service like Spotify or Apple Music or in with a major label and use their database, the, the opportunities are endless. Oh, it's brilliant. Honestly, guys, it's been brilliant to talk with you and to learn more about what you're doing. Your passion is just like it oozes out. Um, I always ask guests on the show to share with um, our listeners what their daring to moment is. So what they've dared to do, they are daring to do, or the daring to learning moment that they've had. So each of you, what's your daring to that you share? Neil, you first. (laughs) (laughs) My my dare to moment is actually quite simple. It's we've built this audio search tool and we're daring to be the new form of music discovery in the industry. We, there's odds are, odds are always stacked up against new, new tech companies and new startups. But um, I think it's been really encouraging the last few months, the progress we have made. And uh, yeah, so we're daring to be the number one in sound-based discovery. And mine is similar and sort of opposite. Um, It's dare to fail. Um, The worst thing that happens is you fail. It sucks if you're skydiving. uh, But if (laughs) you're running a business um, and if you're a leader, uh, you've, you've committed to being sort of, um, the keeper or the, the captain of your audience's imagination, you know, of your user base's imagination. There's a lot of trust that comes with that. And the worst thing that happens is that you don't hit the nail on the head, but you get up and start going again. So yeah, dare, dare to fail. Wow, what a fantastic sort of ending to the podcast. Like, you know, the brilliant advice for anybody that's listening. So if if listeners want to get in touch, they want to know more about what you're doing, they want to like access some of that, you, you know, some of the technology that you've got, or they're an artist or a big movie, like music industry mogul that wants to say like, why did I not know about these guys? How do they get in touch with you? What's the best way? Website, so Twitter? Yeah, everything. We're, uh, I think I was telling you earlier, we're one of those really annoying startups that decides to remove a letter from a, a word that everyone already knows. So uh, <laughs> we're called Anderson, but there's no E. So it's A-N-D-O-R-S-O-N.com. And you can get us at Anderson Music on all social media. Um, so yeah, absolutely reach out. We're always willing to have a conversation we're always willing for people to tell us that they don't like what we did um, because that helps us learn. But yeah, hit us up. We'd love to chat. That's great. And if you want to find out more about um, the Daring 2 podcast and you liked it, make sure that you um, click and say, yes, you liked it, then share it. Um, and you can find out more about Dare Worldwide on www.dareworldwide.com. And you can follow me at Twitter on at Rita underscore Trahan. And if you really want to, you can find me on LinkedIn at LinkedIn um, in Rita Trahan. It's been great having you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, I look forward to seeing your success. Your rise to success continues. Thank Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Enjoyed the conversation? Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes of Daring 2. Also, check out our website, dareworldwide.com, for some great resources around business in general, leadership, and how to bring about change. See you next time.